Welcome to the most nutritious hour of business talk all week. This is Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. Your host and moderator is Bonnie D. Graham. You'll hear from the innovators who have learned to use game-changing technologies to shake up the status quo and help move today's businesses in new directions. Now, here's Bonnie D. Graham. Welcome, welcome, welcome. And I'm just going to say welcome time 16. If you want to run with the Game Changers, you are in the right place. Today's buzz, Bonnie has an opening quote. Wow, I don't think I've ever done this. Here it is. The only way to predict the future is to have power to shape the future. That's from Eric Hoffer, an American moral and social philosopher, author of, te- author, author of 10 books, and he earned the Presidential Medal of Freedom in February 1983. I don't know why February is significant, but that's what it is. So let's get started. If if you're wishing and hoping, dreaming and praying for a real-time crystal ball to give you that sneak peek into what 2016 may bring for your company, your industry, your community, the world, stick around. I have got today on part one of our annual prediction special, I am expecting 16 callers. They're all savvy. They're all thought leaders. They are going to give you their lightning speed predictions on the technologies, the strategies and the trends that can help you grow your business and compete better next year and beyond. You might say this is predictions on steroids. Said it before and it still sounds good. So we're going to have insights coming up the pike here in just a minute. I'm going to ask our listeners, wherever you are around the world, pour yourself a cup of that holiday Joe or Earl or Dom. You know what I'm talking about. All of our three favorite guys. And join us right now for part one of SAP Game Changers Radio 2016 Predictions Part 1 Live. Let me introduce my my first four callers, and this is going to be real fast. You don't want to miss these. And a shout-out to Jackie Prouse, my colleague at the News Services team at SAP, who's going to be blogging about this. So we are welcoming, first up, Otto Shell at GM, Mike Wittenstein at Story Miners, Jennifer Engelhardt at IBM, and Larry Stoley at SAP. And let's get started. Otto Shell, I'm just going to say welcome, and why don't you give us your predictions. Otto, go. Yeah, my predictions, it's Christmas coming. So Christmas, we give a lot of gifts to our kids. So game of the year 2016 is unwell business, event-driven fun. Challenge of the year is, it's really generation conflict. So how do we get our middle management move to change? Yeah, I have no issues with people uh, with a lot of experience in the call and the young generation, but companies are driven by middle management. And the outlook of the year, throw away your mirrors at your car. You have only to look forward. <laughs> I love that. By the way, Otto is the global SAP business architect at SAP Center of Excellence lead at GM. Otto, any big plans for the New Year's for you at GM? You want to give us a sneak peek? Any special cars coming off of the assembly line or the custom line? Anything you want to tell us here first? Uh, no, I think um, you, you, you will be surprised how connected our cars are already. And when we talk about enveloping business, I think in the auto fair in Detroit, people will see a lot of this kind of things. Okay, so good. The, but the, yep. Yeah, so it's really funny that cars are not only beautiful outside, they can also be beautiful inside. 
I like that. I like that. And that's the technology. And maybe the technology is even connecting the people in the car as well as the car to the outside world. Thank you, Otto. Stick around. We're going to hear from our other three panelists. And then maybe we'll have a little time to go around the table and share what you're going to be drinking for the holidays. But not yet. Otto Shell is our first guest. Second up is Mike Wittenstein. Mike is the founder and managing principal at Story Miners, an experience, service, and business design consultancy that works with leading service brands. And Little Birdie told me that you might find Mike enjoying woodworking projects on the weekends, but I don't know who that birdie is. Mike, welcome to our prediction special. What do you see coming down the pike in 2016 and beyond? Mike? Thanks, Bonnie. I love working in the customer experience field, so my predictions are going to come from that angle. I have four, but I think we have time for two of them. The first one is that a new category of service called a fitting service is going to start to take sales away from retail brands. When we all go shopping, it's getting harder and harder to do it, and we like it less and less. People don't like to go shopping, especially they don't like to try on clothes. So what these fitting services are doing, using a combination of mechanical and electronic techniques, is taking your outside measurements of your body and matching those to the inventory of inside measurements of a lot of garments from famous manufacturers. So the idea is that they get you a much better fit What's happening is they're starting to become the intermediary. So people are going to their site first because there they can shop only from things that fit them. I think that's pretty cool. Fittery is an example of one company that's doing that based here in Atlanta, Georgia. The second thing I'm seeing is that instead of going for planned obsolescence, product designers are switching hats and starting to create products that actually get better with age. It used to be that it was only wine and wise old people that would get better when they got older. <laughs> That's not true anymore. <laughs> Go ahead. Pardon my laugh, but I'm enjoying this. Go ahead, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've all heard about Tesla, the electric vehicle that's making such uh, great inroads in the automotive market space. Each time Tesla updates its software, the maps get better, the air conditioning gets cooler, the safety is improved. Uh, and you can even get self-driving features added to your car with some software and hardware upgrades. So the car gets better over time. You enjoy it more instead of it wearing out. Nest, we know, uh, is the uh, thermostat mm-hmm. maker, and they've just released a software update that lets most homeowners improve their efficiency in their energy savings by 6 to 8%. Multiply that by their number of customers, and that's some serious improvement. And another Atlanta company called Headspace Sprockets, lets people use natural language to make requests of systems and then fine-tunes its answers based on what it knows about the individuals and groups of questioners. So the point here is that anything that's relying on artificial intelligence, assuming it's programmed intelligently, is also getting better with age. So those are a couple of things that I think we're going to see some big changes in for 2016. I love it. Thank you, Mike. I, yes, like wine, I, I hope I'm getting better with age. I don't know. I don't know. I'm just going to leave that one alone. Very interesting, very engaging. Thank you, Mike. Hang around. Jennifer Engelhart is a partner at IBM, where she serves as the North American leader for the Transformation Center of Excellence. Jennifer, welcome. Let's hit it running. What's your prediction, Thank Jennifer? Thank you, Bonnie. I want to talk a little bit about cognitive computing. So we've seen over the last several years these great advances in mobile, analytics, cloud, social media, Internet of Things. And what we're going to start to see more and more is how, um, how these technologies come together to help us make better informed decisions. And it's really going to revolutionize the way that we do business and, and solve complex problems. So 
our world is overflowing with data now. We have the, the, the challenge is that 80% of this data is unstructured. So this can be everything from medical images to textbooks, even to a conversation that we're having. Um, and as we learn to harness this data, we're going to be able to tell with a greater level of precision what our customers want to buy, where traffic um, will get backed up, and how uh, diseases will progress. And the way that we're going to do that is through cognitive computing tools like Watson that can understand unstructured data. They can reason by generating hypotheses and recommendations, and they can learn um, from natural conversation, from training by experts, by reading, for example. And so if, if I take a quick example in, uh, in the healthcare industry, and, and you think about the, the massive global challenge of curing cancer, and um, there are, I think everybody's lives have been touched somehow by cancer. There are roughly 14 million new cases each year. And because there's essentially a cancer for every body part, and they're all mm-hmm. different, researchers believe that our only real hope to eradicate cancer is to create personalized therapies that are informed by a patient's unique genomic data. So imagine if a, if a system like Watson could go through reams and reams of data from a patient's medical images, the pathology results, notes from other physicians and conversations, and benchmark that against patients who have, uh, are in a similar demographic to recommend the most effective therapies. This is really going, Watson and, and Cognitive is really going to not just improve patients' lives, but it's going to be a major disruption in industries across the board. Thank you, Jennifer. Wonderful. We just did a show on our Internet of Things with Game Changers radio series about two weeks ago on the Human Genome Project and personalized medicine, exactly what you're talking about. And I pray that you are right. We talked to the CEO of CancerLink, by the way. Thank you. Larry Stoley, I saved two and a half minutes for you. Larry is Senior Director of Global Marketing for the Automotive Industry at SAP. Started out 45 years ago as an automobile tech. You could have fixed my car, Larry, and worked his way up through dealership management and automotive manufacturing and he's never stopped being a car guy. This seems to be almost our car segment. I don't know how that happened, but Larry, talk to me quick. Two minutes on the clock, predictions, go. All right. You know, I was very, for very long a cynic about auto, uh, autonomous vehicles and their future. I am now converted. So having spent a lot of time on airplanes and, and watching the travel progress, headwinds, tailwinds, and so on, I'll kind of twist this a little bit and, and just basically say autonomous vehicles, that I do believe in now, will certainly face some headwinds. They'll face obstacles, challenges. They'll be legal. They'll be moral. You know, they'll be standards-based. They'll be infrastructure-based. But they'll be headwinds. And at times, they're going to be tailwinds. They're going to be tailwinds of demand, tailwinds of acceptance, tailwinds of safety. But you know one thing that won't change? It's the direction we're heading in. We are heading to fully autonomous vehicles, and we've been heading that way since we began to be fed the breadcrumbs way back in the 30s when the first radio was put in a vehicle. The direction is towards autonomous vehicles. We'll move progressively forward there. They'll be connected. They'll be shared. They'll be tailored. And guess what? They'll be driverless. No need for us people anymore. So that's my Uh. prediction. We're just going to enjoy the ride. I'm waiting for the day when we can say to our car, 
hey, I feel like a bright red car this week. Can you make it happen? And the car drives off and comes back, and I have sparkly red paint. And then the next week I say, I'm in a navy blue mood, and it comes back. What can I tell you? I wouldn't ask for different color leather seats, Larry, but maybe, you know, the outside paint could be changed a little for my whim. Thank you so much. Uh, quick one sentence from each of you. Oh, we just barely have time. Uh, let me just go back to Otto. Otto, what's your favorite drink for the holidays? One, one drink. Go fast. It's not change, it's still coffee, but with something inside. I love it. Something inside sounds very sexy. Mike Wittenstein, what are you going to be drinking for the holidays? I'm going to go and splurge. I've been exercising so hard, I think it'll be time for a milkshake. Oh, I want to come over for that. Jennifer Engelhart, what are you going to be drinking for the holidays? I'm a traditionalist. I'm going to go with eggnog. Oh, I like that. It's time for us to talk about eggnog. Larry Stoley, what are you going to be drinking? Carbonated, sugar. <laughs> My kind of guy. Oh, I have a prediction. Larry Stoley is going to join me as the sponsor of a brand new SAP Game Changer series called, guess what? The Future of Cars with Game Changers, or perhaps the game-changing future of game-changing cars. Larry, can't wait to work with you. Thank you, all four of you. We really appreciate your time. You're going to drop off now. We have four other guests waiting in the wings. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. You're listening to our 2016 Prediction Special Part 1. We'll be right back in about a minute and a half with four more guests. I can't wait. Justin, out. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. The time for enterprise mobility is now, according to IDC. By 2013, over 1.19 billion workers worldwide will be using mobile technology, comprising 34.9% of the workforce. The impact of mobility on business is clear. Increasing numbers of business users are expected to handle critical tasks and decision-making in real time, no matter where they are. SAP and Sybase and SAP Company offer mobile applications and underlying infrastructure with integration to SAP systems for secure access to business processes anytime anywhere and on any device www.sap.com when it comes to business you'll find the experts here voice america business network you're enjoying coffee break with game changers presented by sap you can send an email to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com And you're invited to tweet your questions and comments during and after the show at Twitter, hashtag S-A-P-R-A-D-I-O. Now, let's get back to Coffee Break with Game Changers. Here we are. We're ready for our second set of panelists. I have another stellar group of four predictors, and I can't wait to introduce them to you. First up, well, let me just tell you who we've got. We've got Ingmar Christians, who's a partner in the advisory practice of EY based out of Belgium. And a little secret about him, he is a passionate skier and diver. We also are joined by Elizabeth Duffy, customer value consultant, a member of the SAP Success Factors customer value and adoption team. We're also joined by Hillary Carter at Intune Communications, 
Foods, which she founded. She consults to businesses, individuals, and community-based organizations on the all-important best practices of social media, et cetera, et cetera. And we're rounding out this panel with Dan Perthume. Berthium, B-E-R-T-H-I-A-U-M-E. I got it, Dan. He joined Chain Store Age as the senior tech editor in April 2013. And a secret about him, he's a ghostwriter, ooh, a nonfiction business book editor, ooh, and he is an award-winning fiction author published in several literary journals. Welcome to the four of you. Ingmar Christians, talk to me. We're ready for your predictions. Go, 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 Ingmar. Hi, Bonnie, and uh, thanks Hi. for having me over here. Hope everybody's doing great. Um, my first topic is uh, basically my all-time favorite subject. Um, you know about the hype words, and I hate to say it, but nowadays the market is again oversaturated with hype words like analytics and Internet of Things and big data. Well, guess what? For 2016, in my opinion, we will need big solutions. And the discriminating factor, in my opinion, for 2016 will be whether companies are able to look at the business value and determine the right path towards that business value, or whether they will be stuck in, again, technology for technology and, and hype words like we have seen in 2015. That's my first prediction. The second one is that companies will need to reinvent themselves. They will need to dare to ask questions which will be touching the heart of their existence. And only at that point in time, companies will be able to think outside of the box and see the clear opportunities which are lying in front of them. And in my opinion, this will need to require a real mentality shift a mentality shift from what I call cost-cutting to uh, really rationalized innovation. I know that people are against uh, innovation and are against investments in innovation, but that's why I'm calling it rationalized innovation. And only at that point in time, in my opinion, companies will be able to reinvent themselves, look at new business models, can step outside of the box, and will be uh, going towards that next step in their growth path. And then if you allow me, last but not least, it's kicking in an open door, cybersecurity. Um, mm -hmm. Cybersecurity, I, I don't have to explain it, of course, but in my opinion, the real game changer over here will be the creation of communities which are gearing up around a common goal. Um, I'm giving you an, 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 an example which we have seen over the last couple of weeks is Anonymous, for example. It, it's a community which have understood that cybersecurity is a vital piece of our future existence. And with this awareness, also the discussions around ethics of cybersecurity will heat up and which will also be creating new business models and will spark innovation and creativity. You asked Thank me to you. be short and you asked yes. me to come up with three <laughs> predictions. Here they go. Perfect. And I love the rationalized innovation. Never heard that. We're going to have to get you back on Coffee Break in 2016 and expand. Thank you, Ingmar. Next up, Elizabeth Duffy. Elizabeth, what are your predictions, please? Thanks. Thanks, Bonnie. Yeah. So mm -hmm. I'm seeing um, companies will place more and more emphasis on employee and manager development programs next year. So we've all kind of heard the buzz and, and the, the sh seen the shift with companies moving towards more continuous feedback and where the emphasis is being placed on, on the conversation. Well, both the manager and employee need to be uh, better 
um, prepared for that kind of change. Managers will need coaching on how to have those more effective conversations with employees that, that are, are more frequent and, and also, you know, they're not all positive. Some of them are, are, are perhaps negative or, or need, you know, constructive feedback. So they'll need coaching uh, to help better support them in that. And then on the employee side, they're going to need coaching on how to better receive that information mm-hmm. and that feedback, how to act upon it. Um, so seeing, you know, some, some uh, shifts there. But also companies, as companies are more uh, maturing in some of their processes, such as performance management and succession planning, so they may now be really good at identifying their high performers and, and identifying succession plans for, for their critical jobs. But now what? Um, what I'm seeing is that companies are um, needing to put that emphasis on on that, you know, how do we get the employee ready for their next move? How do we give them the tools that they need to develop uh, to to both retain them, retain the high-performing employees so they stay more engaged in their job, but also um, so that they're they're ready for that next move. Millennials also play a role in this. Mm. They, they want mobility. Uh, they want things like job rotation and mentoring and career path tools so that it can take more ownership of the career. They want to be growing. Um, and then finally, I see companies going through, you know, as, as technology is changing and other factors are changing, they're, they're needing to go through this skill set transformation. So it could be that employees before in, in, um, in certain companies worked on power lines, but now they're having to shift to cables. And so they, they need to transform the skill set, and how do you do that? So in summary, I, I see more and more companies needing to develop um, and placing more emphasis on employee and manager development programs that will support this kind of growth. Thank you, Elizabeth. Wonderful. Appreciate that. And now let's turn to Hillary Carter at Intune Communications. Hillary, you've been tweeting all morning. You're my hero. The most tweets of anybody on the show today. Thank you. Hillary, talk to me. Predictions, go. Thanks, Bonnie. You can count on me. Um, mm-hmm. Okay, three predictions. I wholeheartedly agree with Ingmar and Elizabeth um, about skill set transformation and reinvention and uh, and their their themes that they've discussed. My three predictions are... Uh, to see an increase in the digital spend and also a corresponding reduction in decision-making times. And I say that because I think we're at the, at the point where we're going to see real transformational data emerge that connects our digital activities, social networking, social selling, employee advocacy initiatives. All of those things are going to start to be connected to tangible business results and real business value. And with that data, we're going to see a corresponding increase in budgets to Keep these activities moving forward. We're going to see that skill set transformation that Elizabeth talked about. And yet the interesting thing is I also believe that you can throw all the money in the world at these initiatives and there will still be a a profound gap between people who embrace the tools and lead fluently and and wholeheartedly and they will will become separated from the rest of the pack. you can train an entire board of directors, and some are going to thrive, and some are going to sit back and do the bare minimum. And I think mm-hmm. that that leadership, really, the skills will will are completely transparent. And if you're really good offline, and if you're very good at at reinvention and transformation professionally, you'll be really great online as well. So we'll see a lot of money. I, I believe that we'll see the increase. Or sorry, the corresponding reduction in decision making times because when mm-hmm. I look at the situation that unfolded for poor old blockbuster video, we didn't have the transformational data 
that would lead them to buying Netflix. It would it was too much of a gamble. And I think as technology moves quickly, our decision-making times have to adjust accordingly. The technology is simply too disruptive, and we do not have the benefit of a full business cycle just yet uh, to justify some of our critical decisions where, where digital spending and, and reinvention are concerned. I think everybody needs to take a good, hard look and see where the future is moving, uh, listen to uh, predictions, listen to changes in technology about uh, driverless vehicles and 3D printing and disruption in commercial real estate and make some really critical um, budgeting decisions accordingly. So, Thank you. Yeah, okay, Hillary. I'm in, Bonnie. I love it. Thank you very much. And compressed decision-making time. Very interesting. The the, uh, the old mantra or the new mantra, Hillary, fail fast, fail often. Maybe that's how we're going to live from now on. Thank you. I need time for Dan Berthume at Chain Store Age. Dan, what is uh, Chain Store looking like for 2016? Talk to me. Oh, thanks, Bonnie. Um, there's, a, I think, a few uh, big trends coming up. One is definitely social commerce. Um, just in the last even a couple of months, um, social networks like Twitter and Pinterest and Instagram are all now allowing consumers to um, directly make purchases, you know, from a tweet or from a pin or from an Instagram image. You know, you no longer have to click into a retailer's e-commerce site and have to deal with um, navigating around. Um, you can do it in some cases even pretty much one tap if you saved your um, – your payment information, and that's just going to become more and more. Uh, I think more social networks will do it. Facebook has been experimenting with it. Um, I recognize that consumers are really living on social media, and um, that their primary engagement with retailers is social media. And in this, you know, type of environment where um, everything is on demand, they don't even want to take that extra step of going from a tweet to a site. They just want to buy straight mm-hmm. from the tweet. Mm-hmm. And another trend I think that's somewhat related is um, visual search, which really turns, you know, just the consumer's um, mobile phone camera into a sales tool uh, where retailers like Urban Outfitters are letting customers take a picture with a mobile phone and they can tap it. And if that product, which they even have to know what it's called or who the maker is, is available at Urban Outfitters, they can go to the Urban Outfitters site and purchase it. Um, Amazon actually was a pioneer with this capability with its um, Fire smartphone a couple years ago. Unfortunately, people weren't ready for a new smartphone platform, but now um, a lot of retailers, and Pinterest is also doing this as well, among others, are realizing consumers don't want to go on Google. They want to take a picture and use that image um, as their primary means of shopping and discovery, and uh, visual search is letting them do that. And I think one other trend that's growing rapidly is same-day delivery. Um, I think it's been pushed forward by Amazon. Everybody competes with Amazon. Um, Amazon Prime, in some cases, delivers as little as one hour, some products, some markets. And a lot of retailers just today, 7-Eleven is offering same-day delivery um, in, uh, for uh, some college campuses, um, whether companies partner with a third-party provider or if they can do it themselves, like Amazon or Starbucks. I think more and more retailers 2016 will be offering on-demand delivery same-day for online orders. Wow, wow, wow. We used to talk about the me generation and the now generation, and and Dan, I want it now, damn it. Well, you're getting it now. Wow. Thank you very much. Quick round the table, one drink apiece. Ingmar Christians, what are you going to be drinking for the holidays? Quickly. 
a really good glass of glue wine with my Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer hat on. <laughs> and please note that it's almost 6 p.m. over here in my time zone, so I'm not an alcoholic at all. <laughs> oh, thank you. Elizabeth Duffy, holiday drink, quickly. Uh, eggnog with a little spice. Oh, I love that. Hillary Carter, what's in your cup for holidays? I uh, I have to say I like a, a chocolate-flavored vodka. Works as a martini oh. or a nice after-dinner after dinner drink. Quite, I'm, I'm, becoming, uh, I'm, I'm becoming virtually inebriated from all of this. And Dan Berthium, <laughs> what are you drinking? Real fast. <laughs> uh, this time of year, anything with bourbon in it, that could be eggnog, that could be punch, uh, a little bit of bourbon. I'll, I'll continue the inebriation uh, trend. I'll tell everybody inviting you to their holiday parties to have a bourbon, big bottle of bourbon on hold for you. Thank you, everyone. It's been wonderful speaking with Ingmar Christians at EY, Elizabeth Duffy at SAP, Hillary Carter at Intune Communications, and Dan Berthume at Chain Storage. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. We're at the halfway mark in our part one of our 2016 prediction special. We're going to take a quickie 60-second break and come back with four more guests. I can't wait to meet them. Justin, out. business community's first choice in internet talk radio voice america business network the time for enterprise mobility is now according to idc by 2013 over 1.19 billion workers worldwide will be using mobile technology comprising 34.9 percent of the workforce the impact of mobility on business is clear Increasing numbers of business users are expected to handle critical tasks and decision-making in real time, no matter where they are. SAP and Sybase and SAP Company offer mobile applications and underlying infrastructure with integration to SAP systems for secure access to business processes anytime, anywhere, and on any device. www.sap.com When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're enjoying Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. You can send an email to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. And you're invited to tweet your questions and comments during and after the show at Twitter, hashtag SAPRADIO. Now, let's get back to Coffee Break with Game Changers. Here we are, and we're ready for segment three of, of our Lightning Speed 2016 Prediction Special Part 1. I'm delighted to welcome three guests and one in absentia, and I have her prediction. So, first up, I'm going to welcome Daniel Falvey at SAP. He's a Global Executive Advisor. HR strategy and transformation, more than 15 years experience in human capital management from a tech and content standpoint. Also joining us today is Katie Donovan, a salary and career negotiation consultant. I didn't know those existed till I met Katie a little while ago. Equal pay consultant and speaker. Her company
company is Equal Pay Negotiations, LLC. Good way to name a company, telling people what you really do. And Katie was part of the team that wrote Equal Pay Legislation in Massachusetts and advised on similar legislation in California this year. Third up on the panel right now is Josh Greenbaum. We couldn't do this without Josh. Enterprise Applications Consulting. Josh says he grew up in the shadow of the Motor City during the era of muscle cars, probably muscle shirts, and pennies per gas, pennies per gallon gas. I do sort of remember those days, although I won't admit it to many people. He began his career at the dawn of the PC database in enterprise markets, and he's been everything from a programmer to a system architect, an author, a consultant, an analyst. Delighted to have him. And fourth on the panel will be Corrine Vitolo. She is the founder and CEO of Smart Sports, bringing Internet of Things technologies to the amateur, collegiate, and professional sports markets. She's a professor professor in residence at professional residence at Harvard and a special consultant to the Harvard MBA Business of Sports program. I'm going to read her predictions because she's traveling and she hasn't shown up yet. So let's circle back. Dan Falvey, welcome, and I'm ready for your predictions. Go ahead, Daniel. Hey, Bonnie, thank you very much. Um, mm-hmm. Key predictions. I see one key trend and one bold prediction for 2016. Uh, I see a continuing trend towards redefining performance management and performance ratings processes. Most companies are, are really taking a fundamental look at changing how it's done in an effort to become more effective, but even more importantly, to meet the demand of the, the next generation, the newer generation, the millennials, who really want to have feedback on a much more regular basis. So for uh, the companies that are not taking a look at that currently, they should probably give that some thought moving into the new year. But my bold prediction for 2016 is related to health care reform. Uh, in my opinion, it's going to reemerge as one of the top three issues, especially with the upcoming election next year. And employers are really going to have to take note because it could significantly impact their employee benefit strategy. Uh, the government is uh, going starting to get pressured by the insurers to provide some subsidies uh, because the insurers are really taking on more risk than they thought, and it's not being offset by the low-risk, healthy individuals. So generally speaking, they're taking in less money for more expensive uh, groups of consumers. So they can't sustain there. So really one of three things I think will happen. They're either going to increase their rates even more, they'll get government subsidies, additional government subsidies, or they're going to pull out altogether, uh, as United Healthcare hinted at recently. Uh, now, I doubt that any full repeal of the Affordable Care Act is in the cards, but I definitely think that there will be some sweeping changes before any uh, additional government funding is provided. And these uh, less restrictive rules that may result, such as maybe a reduction or an elimination of the pending Cadillac tax, could end up having a really favorable impact of employers. But either way, I think it's something employers are going to have to keep a very close watch on. Because with a guaranteed change of residency in the White House, uh, it'll be interesting to see where this one lands. But uh, other than those two items, I think 2016 should be smooth sailing. Wonderful. I love that very much. Thank you, Daniel. Let's move to Katie Donovan. What's happening on the negotiation, career negotiation and equal pay front, Katie, for 2016? Well, 2016 is going to be a very busy year. Um, We just recently hit 5% for unemployment which is the lowest it's been in eight years, which means a lot of people are going to be changing jobs. They've been holding on to jobs that haven't been the the right fit for them for a while. And now with such a low unemployment, the the floodgates are kind of opening. And we'll see a lot of people switching. The people who are happy where they are currently, Mm -hmm. it's a good time to negotiate 
a raise because it's much less expensive to pay you a little more than to pay for a replacement. And then the people who are switching, they're going to keep HR and recruiters very busy. Um, so if you are switching, it's a good time to be really a good advocate for yourself and making sure your own pay is being adjusted correctly. On the reverse side, for corporations, you know, salary uh, Salesforce is not going to be an anomaly. They're really going to be a leader of more and more companies being very proactive and looking deeper than they have in the past about how they're paying, whether if there's a gender pay gap or a racial pay gap, because both of those exist. Um, they don't exist in a vacuum, but most companies or employers have the perception that they're paying equally, but somewhere there's someone paying unequally. So I think more and more companies will do what Salesforce did, also because this past year there were seven new state laws on equal pay that were passed. So it's really this kind of like a pressure point of a lot of employees are going to be switching, a lot of new laws are coming out. So it's kind of a good time for equal pay. I'm happy to see what's going to happen next year. Thank you. Katie, one question for you quickly. What's the first sentence that should come out of someone's mouth if they want to approach their manager or go straight to HR and ask for a raise or a better negotiated package? The first sentence comes out of your mouth. What's your advice? I was surprised to realize how underpaid I am for today's (laughs) market. I love it. I love it. Everybody write that down. Jackie Prass, that has to go into your predictions list. Thank you, Katie. Josh Greenbaum, you're so patient growing up in the Motor City where it's a rum, rum, and pennies per gallon gasoline, and here we are all grown up. Josh, what are your predictions for 2016, please? Gosh, where do I begin? And by the way, thank you. I really, you know, speed dating the future with Bonnie D. Graham. That's what I'm calling this segment. <laughs> um, I'll meet you, so, meet you, you know, Friday. I was going to whack, <laughs> whack the eloquent about the whole talent crunch issue, but boy, that's been some mm. great comments already on it. All I can yeah. say is this is number one, two, and three on, on everybody's list. Uh, you, can't, you can't move forward without great talent, and there's a lot of work to be done there. I think one of the real big things that's going to come up in 2016 is the ethics of security and privacy are going to start looming, not just the technology issue, but what, what do we do with, not, not only do we have these massive threats, we really have to redefine what the threat, what is a threat and how do we react to it? How do we, it's almost like a philosophical discussion. Um, is ethical hacking really ethical? Can we actually pay bounties to hackers who find vulnerabilities in our systems, even though by doing so they're, they're technically breaking a lot of laws? Um, should we actually be compensating victims? Should we be doing the kind of things that we do with Sarbanes-Oxley regarding executive responsibility? If, you're, if you've let your, your data, your customer data get out into the market and there's been harm done, do you as an executive have some responsibility? And obviously this is, you know, healthcare and healthcare delivery is going to have a zillion issues, uh, conflicting issues that, not, that are not just about technology, but very much about the ethics of security and privacy. I think this is going to be a really, really important thing to talk about next year. I also think it's going to be the, um, the year that augmented reality starts to actually show up. Uh, uh, Microsoft has HoloLens. Uh, we have a whole lot of virtual reality uh, technology. The New York Times just gave away VR headsets, and, and I've got three different VR apps on my phone already. And this is going to really have an impact actually on the enterprise. I think there's going to be a lot of really fun stuff you can do with augmented and virtual reality. And my last piece is I think there's going to be a, um, a this is the year of platform overload. overload. 
I think we really have to start looking at as consumers and, and developers of technology, what are we doing with all these platforms? It's, it's a little too much for everybody to handle. Thank you, Josh. And I'm going to stand in for Corrine Vitolo, who was last minute traveling and was kind enough to send me her predictions. So I'm going to start out with this is Corrine Vitolo, founder and CEO of Smart Sports. And she says, Bain Consulting recently created the term digital, D-I-G-I-C-A-L, to describe the confluence of our physical and digital worlds. And as in all areas of life, technology is greatly impacting the world of sports. So here are her uh, three predictions. Number one, technology in sport will advance from an initial tertiary role to an integral role for the athlete. The commercialization of advanced technologies will be available to most people within the next year, 2016. Prediction number two. The first wave of technology has largely been on the reporting side. That's athlete monitoring, player tracking, biostatistics. Athletes, teams, and leagues have generated reams of data to generate insights and analytics. Corrine says she believes we will see much of this become actionable data, turning insights into products and services in 2016. And her final prediction, through cognitive computing and advanced analytics, the competitive advantage, and here, everybody listen to this, the competitive advantage that used to be earned will be available for purchase. That's what she said. Injury prediction and prevention are the catalysts. The related benefits are enhanced performance. Real-time information will reduce the number of concussions on the field. Smart apparel regulating the athlete's core temperature will give them better stamina and performance. Athletes will be some of the first movers gaining advantage in our digital world. The future is coming soon to a sports field near you. Thank you, for Corrine, for these predictions. Okay, quick time for let's get your favorite holiday drink, Daniel Falvey. Talk to me real fast. What are you going to be drinking this holiday? A Rumbauer Cabernet. Ooh, nice. Katie Donovan, what's going to be in your cup over the holidays? Oh, winter classic of an eggnog. And what do you put in your eggnog? Somebody just mentioned spice on the previous segment. What do you oh, use the traditional? Oh, nutmeg. Nutmeg. Do you put a little bit of a shot of something, a little jigger go in there? I usually don't. <laughs> Okay, Not well, maybe some. The others. Okay, <laughs> thank you. Okay, Josh Greenbaum, what are you going to be drinking? I've got, I've got two. One is a hot sake because I love a warm sake on a cold day. And Ooh. on a hot day, which we might get in California, I'm, I'm shouting out to my new friends in Montreal, Gluten Beer, Glutenberg Beer, the best gluten-free beer there is, and I'm going to be drinking plenty of it this winter. Glutenberg. Beer. Where do you find that, Josh? With great difficulty. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> is there a website? Glutenberg Beer? Yeah. Do I have to look it up? It is. It's the best. Glutenberg Beer. I'm looking it up right now. I just have a second here. Okay, Glutenberg. 100% gluten-free, 100% great beer, and it's Glutenberg. G-L-U-T-E-N-B-E-R-G dot C-A. Our ambition was to brew the best gluten-free beers in our enthusiasm. Oh, we created some of the world's best-tasting beers, period. What a tagline they have, Josh. Wow, I was going to say they need you, but they just need you to no, keep consuming their... it's all their... true, by the way. It's all true. I'm going to have to taste some. Thank you so much to our guests on this segment. Daniel Falvey at SAP, Katie Donovan at Equal Pay Negotiations, Josh Greenbaum at Enterprise Applications Consulting, a.k.a. EAC. That's a lot of letters in Corrine Vitolo. Hope you're doing well in your travels at Smart Sports and Smart Cage. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. We have one more segment coming up, and we've got three more panelists or four of them holding on the line. So just give me about 90 seconds, and we'll be right back. Justin out.
you're enjoying Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. You can send an email to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. And you're invited to tweet your questions and comments during and after the show at Twitter, hashtag SAPRADIO. Now, let's get back to Coffee Break with Game Changers. And my goodness, we're ready to wrap up prediction special number one, part one, with four more very strategic and very interesting thought leaders. On this segment, I'm going to be speaking with W. David Stevenson, but we're such good friends, he told me to drop the W. He is an Internet of Things thought leader, strategist, theorist, and writer, the principal of Stevenson Strategy based in Massachusetts, and he's listed among the 100 leading IoT thought leaders. He's going to be joined on this segment by Sandy Webster, principal of consultants to the Number two, Go LLC, C2G. It is a certified minority women-owned management consulting firm that provides marketing and analytics consultants either on an interim basis or as an outsourced project. And her clients include Fortune 500 companies in financial services, telecom, insurance, retail, and pharma. And we are also joined by Patrick Heffernan, the practice manager for TBRI's professional services practice. Interesting fact about Patrick, he started off in the, the field of diplomacy with Middle East postings as a foreign service officer. Ooh, I want to see him on TV with the U.S. State Department and counterterrorism assignments with the National Security Council and U.S. Department of the Treasury. And rounding out this segment, we are welcoming Sana Salam, S-A-L-A-M. She's the president and founder of Sodala Solutions, S-O-D-A-L-E-S, an award-winning SAP-certified partner specializing in enterprise mobility, user experience, and big data solutions. And her mantra is helping enterprises simplify their business by human the meaning of technology, and that's a great thing for all of us to know. David Stevenson, my friend, you're up first. Welcome, and why don't you give me your predictions? Let's give two minutes apiece. David, go. Okay, Bonnie. I think the first one is that this is going to be the year when the smart home really takes off, and it's going to be driven by voice because, after all, the simplest interface is voice, um, and Two things come to mind immediately in that regard. One is the new Amazon Echo, which is evidently selling like hotcakes. It's uh, Oprah's big, one of her favorites for this year. Mm. And um, just sits right on your kitchen cabinet or on your counter. And uh, you can activate now a number of devices like the Hue Lights um, right from just by speaking into uh, the Echo. And uh, Apple's Siri, I think, is also going to be another important thing in that regard with its HomeKit app. So that, that's my first one. The second one is that this is also going to be the year, and this is uh, something that's been flying largely under the radar, but I think is going to really take off this year, is that started by the Things Network, in, uh, which is uh, just a uh, crowdsourced group in the Netherlands, we're having this amazing rollout worldwide of free citywide IoT data networks, which um, are going to turn cities all over the place into IoT laboratories. And that is absolutely critical because of the talks that are going on in Paris right now. We have mm-hmm. got to get serious about uh, global warming and smart cities are going to be a really important part of that solution, and these free data networks are going to be uh, a key enabler for that. And um, the uh, third one 
is a little more speculative, but I think that um, one of the things that's going to start happening this year is we're going to start giving uh, IoT data its true role in corporations where it's going to start to be seen as the IoT data is going to be the hub around which everything in the corporation revolves and which brings together everything not only within the company but also your supply chain and distribution network. So those are my three for this year, Bonnie. Thank you. Wonderful brief and to the point. Sandy Webster, delighted to have you with us. Sandy, what's happening in the world of consultants to go in 2016 and the world? Talk to me. Thank you. I think I agree with David that technology is going to be big, and I also have three. So the first thing in 2016, I think everyone needs to Uberize their their product or service or their business. If you don't have an app for your product or service, I think 2016 is the year to do it. You need to make your products and services easily accessible to your customers and your vendors and your clients and everyone. So that's a big thing, uh, number one. Number two, if you're not creating a product or service that's going to put yourself out of business, I think this is the year you need to do it because your competitors are going to start thinking about that. How can they gain market share from you? And it's better off that you cannibalize your own business than having the competition do it. So that's my second thing. And number three, I think we'll see more mergers and acquisitions in the mid-sized market than uh, in the large markets because the large markets are becoming almost monopolistic in a sense and all the cool products and services are coming out of the mid-sized to small and so they'll be ripe for purchase. So those are my three three top Wonderful. things Wonderful. Wonderful, and I love the verb Uberize. Uh, Sandy, I have dear friends who invested in taxi medallions in New York many years ago, and they're watching their legacy holdings, their, their, uh, retirement funds going from being worth $2 million to now about, if they're lucky, 700000 They can't even get I rid know. of them anymore. So Uber is a dirty word in some parts of the world, and in other parts it's, let's just Uberize it. I agree. Patrick Heffernan, enough of my prognostications here. Patrick, how are you? And I'm ready for your predictions. Patrick, go. Doing really well, thanks. And I only have one prediction. Hopefully it's a big oh. one. So I think by the end of 2016, we're going to look at those daily Fantasy sports sites, FanDuel and DraftKings, mm-hmm. they're going to be seen as the Napsters of the sports betting market. They broke new ground. They changed the game for a lot of people. They got, But they're going to get caught up in legal problems and regulations, and they're going to get overtaken by the big guys. So by the end of this year, coming year, I think Facebook, Google, Yahoo, maybe even Twitter, they're going to have staked some ground. They're going to start rapidly growing in this space. And, and it's a real market, even with the word fantasy in the name. FanDuel alone, you look at them, they raised over $350 million in venture capital. And so that's attractive. And the, the analytics and the social media giants, they're going to tap into a much bigger fan base that they have, and they're going to swamp those two fantasy sites. And the way to think of this is sort of the convergence of Facebook's, I hate to say it, but Farmville, which makes me shudder, uh, Google Analytics engine, America's obsession with sports. And if you remember the movie Snatch, there's the, the unlicensed boxing bookies. Uh, you know, you throw all that into a mix and it's a mess. And that's why regulations are coming down. And regulations are coming probably at the, the worst possible time for FanDuel and, and DraftKings. It's going to slow them down. It's, it's, there's real money there. It's essentially gambling. But it'll slow those two down right at the moment when the, the big guys are ready to move and that the change is going to be in 
more than just which sites people go to for betting or, or playing sports fantasy. It's the same thing. Um, it's going to change the whole sports experience. Um, you know, you're going to be watching your, the game on your, on your Apple TV or just a regular TV, and you're going to get not only the score but updated directly to you how your fantasy team is doing. And the technology capabilities are there now. The social and the financial aspects uh, still being ironed out. Uh, the idea of betting or gambling through the, honestly, the fiction of, of fantasy sports is still growing into acceptance. But think about, think about what Facebook did in the social media landscape. They, they helped kill MySpace. And think of, of Apple and iTunes. Uh-huh. They helped kill Napster. FanDuel and DraftKings are next. And, and the tech companies that are already really entrenched in the sports field, so IBM, SAP, Atos, they're going to be providing the backbones and the services for all that. They have the analytics, the digital marketing technology, the security, and the innovation. They're Patrick, going to position themselves. Thank so that's, you. That's, thank sorry, you. I've got to get that. No, you did great. <laughs> Sana Salam. I saved two and a half minutes for you. Go ahead, Sana. Very good. Good morning. So I have just two predictions, and one of them really concur, concurs with what David had said. So my predictions are all about business networks, uh, which is way beyond just digital transformation. I think that the business networks will become the new driving force for changing the way companies operate. Um, and in order for companies to stay relevant, uh, they will connect existing platforms and technologies to create new networks. And this is where they will see the real value of Internet of Things. And they can find new ways to find their new markets, new customers, and uh, new partners. Uh, we'll see this everywhere, especially where you know we need more um, the new changes like healthcare, education, media, advertisement, industry. And I think it's also supported by the projections made in Business Insider where they say that if the IoT market itself will sell more products than the PC, tablet, and phone markets combined. I think this would also have a side effect on the number of devices we carry. We would be carrying lesser and lesser devices because we will not be communicating without those. Um, and I, uh, you know, as, as time passes. And I also see a huge opportunity then for, you know, adaptive uh, security, which, is, which opens up a new door uh, for companies to think in a different way for security. And my second prediction is about culture and leadership vision. I think companies would have to make a fundamental shift in how they, um, how they safeguard uh, their relevance in the marketplace, how they collaborate uh, within their teams, how they um, keep up with the pace of change in the outside market, and they would have to find uh, ways to break their internal barriers and become uh, a, a come more from outside and become more fluid, like startups. Um, and I think this would uh, be then uh, facilitated by the, the budget shifts that we would see from IT going to more line of business and using more different collaboration approaches like gamification and things like that to make uh, corporates more uh, fluid and, and um um, also involve uh, diversity and creativity. And my uh, last thing that I want to add here is that creativity and innovation will become the primary trait for hiring new employees. It would be the responsibility of every employee to think in a creative way and, and bring innovation to the company. I and, love and it. Per- perfect way to end. Thank you, Sana. Quickly, around the table, one word from each of you. David, what are you drinking this holiday? One drink, fast. Oh, Bonnie, it's going to be some uh, boat drinks because my wife and I are going to Bali to pick up our son who's been in um, uh, school in Thailand for the last six months. So, Thank you. Really Thank you. about Sa- that one. Good. Sandy Webster, what are you going to be drinking the holiday? Sparkling cider is it for me, Bonnie. I like it. Patrick Heffernan, drink. 
Local beer. Got to drink local. Uh, like that. Good. Santa Salam, what are you going to be drinking? Homemade blueberry shake because it's a great skin anti-aging. Oh, I like that. I don't think you have anything to worry about. I've seen your, seen your bio picture. Here we go. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. Thank you to my 16 guests today. We did it in one hour, 58 minutes. And a big shout out and a hug to Justin Jackman at the Business Channel for keeping the phone lines moving so quickly. And I have some predictions very quickly for 2016. SAP Radio is adding nine new series. We'll have, get this, the future of the future. Oh my goodness. The future of cars. The future of extended supply chain. Business network innovation, gender equity issues, and a lot more. And by the way, next Tuesday, I'm sorry, next Wednesday, December 9th at 11 a.m. Eastern, we'll be back with part two of our 2016 prediction special, and I'll have 16 more thought leaders sharing their crystal ball visions. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. Here's my call to action. Fasten your seatbelt. Get ready for the holidays. What are you waiting for? Go out and be a game changer today. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. Thanks again for tuning in to Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. To keep the Coffee Break conversation going, tweet your questions and comments to Twitter, hashtag pound sign S-A-P-R-A-D-I-O. Please join your host, Bonnie D. Graham, again next Wednesday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a great week. Have a great week.